Welcome to Fix What You Preach. Today we have Seb Downey Blackwell and he is the Head of Production and Partner at Remote Control Productions. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So you've got a lot of experience in the industry. You've worked on Killzone for Gorilla, you've worked Improbable, you've worked at like a lot of different studios. So you pretty well know your stuff. <laughs> I, I, I've been making video games for almost 25 years now. I've worked on about 120 projects, something. Wow. Uh, it's getting a bit ridiculous at this point. Someone should really do put you, me out of their misery. Do you still put the uh, credits on your CV or do you just go? No, 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 no. I'm It'd a veteran. Uh, 18 pages long at this point. No, I, I, I have worked on games for months and months that I've completely forgotten. I bet. So we're talking about something interesting today, aren't we? <laughs> yes. I mean, we've been talking in advance of this, but the unity controversy, shall we say, and yeah. try and get this out as quickly as possible because the sands are shifting so quickly on this. There could be announcements from unity heading into all sorts of directions at any given moment. Uh, yeah. I have no idea where we're going to be in two yeah, hours, let alone two days. Like me and Seb were having a chat saying, oh, we should talk about like, what's going on with unity and you know what this means and then as we're chatting there's like polls from bloomsburg saying you know unity is going to like you know reverse what they've said so we're going to do a bit of a chat at what unity's done or proposed to do so at the moment um they said that they wanted to charge studios every time a game's installed yes why is that bad well, because they're trying the well in the initial suggestion, uh, they said they were tracking in stores at runtime, which begged the question: How are they doing that? Because that suggests that they can actually pull data from somewhere, which is if there is some kind of backdoor within the Unity installers, then that's potentially illegal uh, or right. at least going against GDPR conventions that we have in Europe. Um, and obviously that's something that people should know about if it exists. But they quietly and quickly backtracked from that assertion to call it um, more of a model that they were suggesting that they can instead scrape data from things like uh, Steam Spy or uh, Steam Sales, like uh, things like Newsu do. And from that they can model how many installs they think a game might have in, in its lifetime on various hardware. So it was already quite a big backpedal. But so it's not just it's going to cost maybe developers more money while it is, but it's also well, I mean, like the, the data scraping. Potentially, um, yes. And, right, okay. And the notion that it's it becomes a lot le- lot harder to forecast your costs for what you might end up paying Unity. So in the beginning, it was also a bit difficult as to what the boundaries of these costs might be. It was 200,000 euros revenue, gross, wasn't clear. Uh, how many installs, wasn't clear. Um, was it every single install that ever occurred? Was it uh, different hardware? Was it linked to any accounts? Was it? Did it include consoles? Did it include mobiles? All that was completely unclear when they first fired the gun a week ago. <laughs> That's not even a week ago. It feels no, like... No, it's not. <laughs> But it's, it, it's, we've only been in, trapped in this perpetual hell for six days now. Um, yeah, so that's slowly getting clearer. But at this point, the damage in terms of corporate comms is all, already pretty horrific. 
Mm. We've had 24 hours. Uh, teams have decided to start pulling their games from sale. Uh, yeah. Numerous studios have said that they're going to switch engines. Um, just alone at Remote Control Productions, uh, where we take care of 16 different game studios with about 550 developers, everybody's asking the question, is Unity a reliable partner at this point? So Yeah. Um, because there's been like big studios um, like Among Us, you know, Cult of the Lamb, you know, they've protested to ditch the tech and yeah. even delay the games to kind of go on to, you know, like Unreal or alternative hardware. And it feels yeah. like everyone's kind of protesting together. They're like, this is just not acceptable at all because this has come out of nowhere, hasn't it? Has there been any inclination that this was going to happen or? No. So, um, just a little bit backtracking. Um, Unity's been around now for about 20 years, and it's slowly been built as the main pl- uh, engine that's used by indie developers, uh, education, small projects, um, whereas Unreal kind of picked up more than uh, the A kind of batch of developers notionally yeah. over the years. Uh, but Unity's grown into a big empire over the last 20 years. And for about 10 of those, a man named John Richard Tello uh, has been in charge. He's ex-EA, a bit of a controversial figure himself. Yeah. Not not particularly liked. I'm not going to go into why. No. You can can Google that. Not not nice beating a man when he's down. But at the same time, I've seen what kind of bonuses he gets. We'll get into that later. But um, he's, he's quite a divisive character. Uh, some might remember him from only a year ago having to apologize to game developers for uh, calling them some of the biggest fucking idiots ever. And yeah. how to do better. I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, aren't I? Yeah, I'll, do, I'll just put the, uh, this, the swearing tab on. So I okay, can... good. Then I'm going to let go. So that's only a year ago. You know, that's, that's not nice calling your clients effing idiots right no. um since then there's been a merger with a company called iron source uh, that, that's a cool name but it's an ad tech company out of israel uh they they were most shall we say known for uh being at the center of a controversy where they um in, had fake advertisements in bing uh that made people download software that then showed unwanted advertisements on uh, Chrome or whatever. So that's kind of like, you know, pretty naughty stuff. Um, stuff. Stuff that's highly illegal, I think, these days as well. Yeah. Um, since then, uh, Unity's had, they, they kind of did this because ad revenue from mobile is and internet is dying on its ass. It's not really a model that you can rely on anymore. Especially yeah. after Google and Apple changed the way they uh, pay that out. But uh, since then, they've had to scale back the operation quite a bit. Uh, I think in the past year, there's been about three rounds of layoffs with totaling about 1,000 people or something, and they're starting to shut even more offices. But this isn't controversial or abnormal necessarily. Of course, it's not nice, but the way it was done in a lot of places apparently was quite brutal. Teams got gutted, some of the best people that they had left. It was, like, mor- morale-wise, it was really quite hardcore. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> basically all this put 
together. Unity's already in a bit of a iffy place. Yeah, it's a bit of a tainted chalice, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, everybody's already asking questions of Unity, wondering if it's a safe bet, uh, if Unity is going to be like a partner that you can rely on for the next five, ten years as you start up your new games, right? Because mm. uh, making games takes time. I think average amount of time it takes now is like three years or something. Yeah. That's that's not an insignificant amount of time. So you need you want to be able to be sure that when you start a game, that in three years' time minimum, the platform that you're building on now is ideally as technically stable. The terms of service don't change dramatically. Um, ideally, it's improving in terms of performance and whatnot. Mm. You know, it, it continues to work. Uh, but there's been questions around that for a little while now. Yeah. And so anyway, fast forward to last Gamescom. I, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Unity at, uh, for a meeting because, as I mentioned, we represent fair amount of clients, uh, fair amount of studios, about 75% of which use Unity in some form or other. So we're always looking for ways of uh, ensuring that we get the best possible deal, best service, uh, that uh, studios uh, can help Unity as well and vice versa by how, like showing off the games, the tech, all the cool stuff that they do, you know, well, some kind of symbiotic relationship, which is yeah. throughout the entire industry, right? Um, studios make games on Unity, Unity gets paid. That's kind of the basic relationship. That yeah. you have. <laughs> we uh, Studios grow, they need more licenses, so they go to Unity. Kind of yeah. the way these things grow up. Um, anyway, have a sit down with Unity at Gamescom. They tell me everything's going to be nice and quiet for a while. We're looking forward to a period of consolidation and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go too much deeper into the conversation because, you know, yeah. between us. But uh, we, I came out of that thinking, cool, Unity is just going to be nice and quiet for a while. It's not going to be something that we have to worry about. Uh, now queue three weeks later and they drop this bombshell on an unsuspecting uh, game development environment. Supposedly murmurs, so like, but I hadn't heard anything. How did that make you feel? Because you've gone and talked to somebody face-to-face and you're representing like you know, all these companies. Does that not make you think, I don't want to work with like a company like this anymore? Because if they've done it once, they might do it again. I mean, um, I, I, I don't attribute bad faith where it might simply be disorganisation. Uh, I, I fully expect that the guys I sat in the room with just didn't know what was coming uh, because like, it came straight from the top, I imagine. The, yeah. the way this, the, the comms around this has come out as well and how it was structured uh, just reeks of a company not quite sure how to do stuff. Mm. Uh, they've bungled this so badly that it seems rushed and hardly fought through. And they obviously didn't actually talk to any of their supposed partners uh, to kind of sanity check their proposals in any shape or form. I mean, yeah. why? Are, I mean, as an example, you rent a massive big restaurant with multiple meeting areas outside of Gamescom for a week. Could have kind of used the opportunity to maybe talk to a couple of your clients to see what they think of them, these proposals. Just as an example. Yeah, like, it does. It seems very random and not, you know, very thought out. And interestingly enough, because everyone has been speaking out, like on Twitter, Unity actually said 
Um, we've heard you. We want to apologise for the confusion and angst. The runtime fee policy was announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community customers and partners, and we will be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. Um, yeah. So we have been listening, and it will be interesting to see what they will do. But it's like you said, it would have been probably good to kind of you know, test the waters with you know, with the people it's working with to see like what everyone thinks. Um, but it's interesting because I, I didn't actually know about all that kind of the data scraping stuff. I was thinking more of like, you know, if you're charging per downloads, that's kind of like having Adobe Photoshop and then charging per image. It's just yeah. like it's a completely crazy model that you can't manage yeah. as a, a business at all. I, I mean, ideally when – so I mean, ideally, they should have – been a lot more careful with how to communicate this first of all nobody says unity can't make money by the way unity have to be a profitable organization they have shareholders and all that kind of stuff yeah um they obviously need to keep their costs in check and whatnot but that's their thing Uh, nobody's saying they shouldn't make money it's how they go about how to communicate that's a big problem and um the fear now is if they can try and pull something like they did last tuesday wednesday what's going to stop them from doing this again going forward mm. basically they used to have a repo where they kept all the previous terms of services and they had a, an agreement in place that your game would uh, be linked to that particular year's version of unity and that t- term of service that repo got killed last week they hit they removed it right yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> that's that's a Seemingly a, not a nice thing to do. They can probably, you know, explain it away somehow. Mm. But it's, it's just a weird coincidence that that happens the week that they're trying to push through this new pricing structure that goes against previous um, assurances that your know, terms of service wouldn't change drastically as in the lifetime of your game. Yeah. So, like, how have you been sort of navigating this like you're on this like boat uh, like a stormy sea and then you're like just just pull the sails are you just kind of saying to sort of like you know the people you're working with like just hang tight till we know what's going on is that kind of been yeah to take yeah i mean uh, everybody i talked to or at least a vast majority of people i'd say like 95 percent uh both within rcpn the berlin ecosystem and People I talk to online all the time who develop an Unity game, they're all pissed off. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of them are either, they're going through the stages of grief, really. They're angry, (laughs) they're bewildered, they're they're pleading, uh, they're they're sad. You know, a lot of them are just, the, the market is already getting tighter and harder. It's getting harder to compete. It's harder to make money making video games. And when a service provider starts uh, throwing uh, these weird pri- half-cooked pricing models at them, then people are just losing their damn minds. So mm. um, I, I took it upon myself at RCP to kind of tell all the studios to just leave it with me, give me your questions, give me your concerns. I'll bundle them all up, and mm. you get back to actually worrying about your jobs, you know, making actual video games. We can figure out if we need which team which projects 
etc. Switch engines, we can do that in a couple of weeks still. We don't have to decide that today yet, right? Because uh, my my assumption is still that Unity will roll back most of this. And yeah, I doubt they'll completely roll back and come up with a new model, but the vast majority of this will probably be rolled back. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see in part two. Exactly. We might find out tonight still. I've got um, my. Twitter that's set up for Unity saying anything right now. Oh, that looks quite interesting. But it's just for anyone that isn't in games, it's not easy, is it? Just a switch engine. That's kind of like, I mean, how do you, how do we even explain that? That's like maybe you've written a book, and now you want to uh, write, rewrite that book, but you have to learn French. That is a great way to put it. Um, but you can, like, copy and paste some bits, but it takes a long time. Yeah, uh, but uh, there's, there's basically Unity and Unreal. They're quite incompatible with each other in a lot of respects. You yeah. can't just shift one asset from another uh, to from one to the other. Um, there's obviously more uh, engines like Godot or uh, Game Maker and the likes, but they're a lot less... Uh, popular and thus haven't been used to destruction as hard as perhaps Unity and Unreal have. And they don't have thousands of people who build on the core tech, make it better year in, year out, right? Uh, these are probably viable places, but we don't know because nobody's actually worked with them yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and this is, this is why some studios build their own engines. Sometimes it's <laughs> bespoke sort of. <laughs> Uh, tech, but yeah. also that they can control things like this, can't they? Yeah, um, exactly. Um, a lot of the big AAA teams can obviously do that. Um, I've the really small ones that you know have the engine for a single purpose thing. So you only make two D pixel adventure games or something, then making your own engine for that that only you will ever touch kind of makes sense. Or if you're a big AAA studio making many games in a row. Um, you see maybe what your Unreal license would cost for hundreds of people every year. You might want to invest that into your own proprietary tech. Yeah. You can maybe then eventually even sell yourself, you know, not mentioning mm-hmm. any former employees, uh, employers. But, um, yeah. So <laughs> what, what, are we, what are we hoping for? Like, what's the best case scenario uh, would you hope I mean, for? They'll roll, they'll roll back the vast majority of these things. Uh, they'll clear up what is actually exempt and what isn't. So uh, one minor controversy that came out yesterday, some uh, small game development studio. Wait, let me just find the name again. I had it written down. Um, organ, uh, developers of indie puzzle game Org. Genize. I've claimed that Unity said organizations like Planned Parenthood are not valid charities and instead are political groups. So um, the idea that uh, some that Unity gets to decide what isn't isn't a charity, so it is exempt of these costs, is it mm. just another little minefield that they're going to? Yes, yeah, just not very clear, is it? No. So that that in itself will have another whole bunch of little explosions going off. Um, yeah. Also, what is deemed like uh, an emerging market and what isn't, and how billing across those markets works. Um, yes. Yeah. There's just so many open questions, and yeah. frankly, dozens of, dozens of edge cases 
that aren't answered, that are where there's potentially hundreds of developers kind of in limbo wondering what's going to happen to the future revenue. Or uh, they can't even forecast this stuff right now, right? Mm-hmm. We need to be able to forecast our costs uh, yeah. fairly well for an entire project so we can know how many u- uh, copies we need to sell of any given thing to mm-hmm. be able to be profitable, right? If we can't yeah. forecast a, a piece of that, that makes it difficult to do the rest. So that's all a bit scary. Yeah. Um, but um, hopefully they'll roll it back and hopefully they'll decide that uh, some major changes at the top are needed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, John could go. That'd be nice. As I mentioned in the beginning, he's a bit of a controversial figure. Uh, well, we'll we'll see what happens in the next. Uh, I would say a couple of days, but it could even be the next twenty four hours. We don't oh, know. Absolutely, but, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, we're going to be following up with a uh, part two, so uh, yeah. keep tuned. And yeah. the wonderful thing that's come out of this, and uh, uh, I don't get to say that very often. Often enough, <laughs> I hope has eroded in the year 2023, but we've seen a lot of solidarity uh, yes. amongst the developers these the past week. I, I, usually when something like this comes out, there's you, you've got like the little factions that form and the, it turns into a little bit of a culture war for some bizarre reason. Yeah. But in this case, it's actually been, everybody's spoken with the same voice. Everybody's been uh, pissed off about the same things pretty much. And that's that's been quite nice to see. We can't fix yeah. climate change. We can't fix reemergence of Nazis or COVID, but we can all show up. Well, we, do, we just want to make yeah, one we voice, just, which is nice. We just want to make cute, fun games. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let us do that. Yeah. Well, that's um, been uh, the nice thing about this. So I, I had a couple, like uh, Rami Ismail, for instance, leading the fight. That's been good to see. Because uh, because uh, obviously there's things like gambling games are exempt from uh, <laughs> this new pricing model where everybody's a bit like what? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? No. It's yeah, like going into a bar and saying alcoholics get free drinks. I don't know. It's it's just it all smells a bit nasty and ill thought out. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. I, I do think, like, the games community, you know, it, it is a very strong community and it, and it is nice that everyone does, you know, like, feel the same because it's just like we've had all this separation with, like, you know, the NFTs and mm-hmm. uh, AI, but this is something everyone's kind of like, yeah. you know, can, can we just not do this? Um, and they've listened and it sounds like they're going to come back to us with a, a bit more of a calculated response and... Yeah. The, you know, that's what we can hope for. Well, the people we haven't really heard from yet are the publishers and distributors and platform holders because uh, they're all obviously, shall we say, maybe a little bit more grown up than us little game developers, but <laughs> uh, they're, they're probably waiting to see uh, before going public a lot more. Yeah. Who is actually meant to pick up the tab here? Because as the week emerged, uh, Unity kind of went... Uh, it started with expecting the developer to pay for everything to mm-hmm. actually, if the uh, the publisher in these cases will have to pay or the distributor in these case, or like uh, in some cases, Game Pass might be the distributor, right? But that is all still 
somewhat unclear. And I think once the dust settles there, and it should be, and Unity still insists that it's the publishers and distributors and platform holders that pay, then I think we might see a whole new front opening in this fight. Because, yeah, if you're suddenly telling Xbox they have to pick up the tab for 20 cents on every copy distributed through Game Pass, then uh, they they might feel otherwise. And I don't think necessarily push Microsoft around. Same for any other publisher. This is a big block of people that pay Unity a lot of money. So this will be an interesting side of a fight we haven't even seen starting yet. Yeah, the drama. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thanks a lot, Seb. And we're going to catch up soon. Um, And remember, it's your adventure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.